you know, my friend told me like within the last week the market has officially crashed. The housing market has officially yeah. crashed. I think my Bloomberg might have said the vice yep. something on it. So I also saw another study that if you want to buy a house, you have to make six figures. If you don't make six figures, forget it. Yeah. You're not being able to buy a house. And I think that's just one person, maybe not a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what percentage of people in this country make six figures? I think it's like 18%. It, it's, it, I think it's really skewed living where we live. It just feels like yeah. everybody does. Well, I think, I think that was like a national average. Mm-hmm. So like that, that, that $100,000 is the same in New York as the same as in Oklahoma. Exactly. And you think about, you know, thinking back to your friends in Nashville, I mean, they're probably making you know, significantly less than you and I do, but they're probably, they're, they're living better just because, you know, they're not, you know, coughing up however much that the tax man every, you know, every pay period. Well, they might be making similar mm-hmm. to what I make. I'm paid pretty well. I don't right. want to act yeah. like I'm not. Um, but they, doing what they do, like uh, my, my buddy's dad, Owns some construction firm, mm-hmm. build like operator, whatever. Right, and you know Nashville. So he's right at the coal face. He's right on the front oh, lines yeah. of the hell. Yeah, like I was, I was in Nashville in 2020, mm-hmm. uh, August 2020, visiting my friend and going to see Nashville because we were thinking of headquartering there and moving there and whatnot. Right. Um, I went back this past August, two years later. It's completely different. Yeah, everything. Sky skyscrapers are built. They have a Batman tower. Yep. Like it's 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 a whole new city. The people there are even now different. So things in Nashville are also really expensive. And you're seeing the problem there that we see everywhere else. LLCs and companies in Wall Street are buying up entire neighborhoods. Exactly. Jacking up rents. Yep. Bozos from California paying the high rent because it's less. Exactly. It's still, it's still, you know, it's still saving twenty percent of California. Sque- but guess what it's doing to the locals? Yeah, squeezing them out. And there's so much of that going on. I mean, you look at you know Ken Austin Griffith. too. Yeah, Texas. Austin's a big one. Florida. Um, Florida's a big one too. I've got some you know firsthand experience because you know my my dad and my in laws both live down there. But it's interesting to see like how much of Florida that, he's on the, the the Tampa side, so the mm-hmm. um, the not so fun side on the, mm-hmm. the Gulf side. But even there, you're still seeing so another round of new construction picking up, just because so many people who you know, are enticed with the promise of work from anywhere are working in Florida because of the uh, the tax regime. But then you look over on the on the Miami side, and you've got you know Ken Griffin from Citadel moving you know their operations down there. You got Credit Suisse is opening a big uh, big office down there. Um, Deutsche Bank, so you know some of the troubled banks are definitely uh, getting in down there. But it's also you know Miami's also kind of the crypto mecca. So if yeah. You know, once this, you know, this latest round of crypto shakeouts kind of shakes out, I think that, you know, you'll see even more of that kind of gravitate to Miami as well. Yeah, but it's, I just, even when things crash, everyone crashes. Yep. Everyone crashes. Yep. And the people who are um, on the lower ends, even the middle class end, they're already crashed. They're going to crash harder. So who's going to who's gonna have to buy it? Well, who gets bailed out? Well, yep. <laughs> the banks, mm-hmm. the corporations. Yep. And now you're going to have them being everyone's landlord? That sounds awful. Yeah, no, it's yeah, and that's, you know, um, try 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 ne- uh, negotiating um, a a a credit, uh, not credit, a um a lease negotiation with BlackRock or with something. BlackRock, yeah, exactly. Good luck. No, Tr- totally. Try, and try like they don't give you security back back in thirty days. You want to try and sue them? Good luck. Yeah, good luck with that. It's all going to a black hole. But kind of you know thinking back to you know BlackRock and you know just kind of all the you know asset management and private equity that's out there. It's um. Thinking back a little, you know, we were chatting a little bit earlier about kind of, you know, private companies and, you know, and valuation, you know, valuations and investments and everything else in, in private companies. And that kind of reminds me of, you know, BlackRock's obviously been a, you know, you know, long time mm-hmm. in that space. But in general, I think that these lofty valuations for private companies have had a lot of, you know, other firms pile into it as well. And I think that because there's been so much interest from, you know, real money, from institutional money in these private equity funds. They've found a way to get, um, you know, average Joe off the street investors in too. There's a lot of companies out there that are enabling kind of retail access to um, to private equity markets. And I think that's another reason why we've had, you know, a bit of froth with valuations of, of private companies, especially in fintech. 
is just that there, it's so much easier to get money in there because let's face it, money is easy right now, or money historically for the past couple of years has been pretty easy to get. So you, you're, you're going to pile into something that's not the stock market. You're going to pile into something that's not gold or treasury notes. You're going to try to explore something a little more interesting, like uh, you know, private company investments. And I think that that's um, with all those inflows, I think that you're starting to see you know valuations are definitely gonna, getting a little bit frothy, and it's going to be an interesting next. Uh, 18 to 24 months in the fintech space, just in terms of uh, valuations. You may see some IPOs you know, postponed. Mm-hmm. You may see companies kind of go out for additional funding at a, you know, what they call a down round, which is a, a lower valuation than they, uh, they previously went for. And I think that that's, I don't entirely know what that end game looks like in terms of, uh, of consequences, but I think it's one that we're, um, we're probably going to be learning about in the, um, the coming months. 